Take your Bibles this morning and turn your Old Testament to the book of Psalms. Psalm 145. Psalm 145. I can't remember who it was that was telling me this. I didn't turn up my thing on, did I? There we go. She is on. Um, whoa, yes, it is on. Uh, <coughs> someone was telling me, I think it was Mr. Corey, that uh, he, uh, he either, either went to a service or saw a service or heard about a service where, where uh, the ushers, and I thought about this this morning because of the few people that we have here this morning, uh, Dave asked me, said, uh, you know, should we take the offering? And I got to thinking, yeah, we ought to take it like the way that you've told me this other church takes it. They, they take the, the uh, offering, they slide through the pew, they stand right in front of the person and wait. <laughs> and if, and, it, and it, when they put it in, then they take and they look at it, and if it's not enough, they put it back like this. <laughs> they, do that, they do that with each person. Don't worry, we're not going to do it like that. So, uh, <laughs> But I, I thought that was humorous anyway. Psalm 145, let's all stand together. I have spent some time this week in Psalm 145. I've just gotten a blessing from this psalm, and I trust you'll get a blessing from it this morning as we look at it together. We're going to read the first two verses, and then, uh, then we're going to get right into the message. Let's, let's read verses 1 and 2 out loud together in unison, if you would. Psalm 145, verses 1 and 2. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray your blessings upon this time together in your word. We ask God that your word would go out and it would do a work in hearts. Father, I'm, I'm thankful that I can say that and pray that and ask that with confidence because you've already promised us that your word would not return void. Uh, now, Lord, what's important is what we do with it. And uh, Lord, I pray that you might give me the power and give me the strength and give me the clearness of mind to be able to preach this message clearly. I pray, God, that you would really, honestly, uh, just kind of push me off to the side. May people see Lord Jesus Christ. May people see your power, your greatness, and your glory this morning in your word. We ask, Father, that, your, that the Spirit of God would work in hearts this morning. And God, as you do work in our hearts, that we would respond and say yes to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you've got a King James Bible, it says on the right in between where it says Psalm 145 and then it has the first verse, it says David's Psalm of Praise. Two things about this. Uh, number one, this is the last psalm that is in the book of Psalms that is attributed to David. Secondly, this is the only psalm that is called David's Psalm of Praise. Now, there are other psalms of praise throughout, throughout the book of Psalms. But this is the only one that is specifically designated to be David's psalm of praise. Now, he, of course, David, David prayed and David uh, wrote psalms that were psalms of praise other than this one. 
But for some reason, God just designated that. One of that designated is being David's psalm of praise. When I saw that, when I noticed that, I thought, man, this, this, this is a, a psalm that needs to uh, be inspected a little bit, needs to be studied. And um, what, what you find uh, within the, the, the confines of the, of the psalm is just over and over and over again, it talks about the necessity and the importance of praise. Um, praise is something that, that ought to be like breathing to, to a person who has trusted Christ as Savior, a Christian. Uh, it ought to be a very, very natural thing for us. It ought to be something that we participate in on, on a daily basis and throughout the day. And as we go down through, we're going to study the entire psalm, and we're going to look at it in sections. The first thing is verses 1 and 2 tells us when we should praise God. And if you look at, at, the, um, at, the, at the first verse, it says, I will extol thee, my, my, my God, O King. I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. When should we praise the Lord? We ought to do it every single day. And it says we ought to bless his name. Bless means to, to praise. It means to glorify. It means to magnify the name of God. Uh, it also says that we're to extol him. And extol means, again, to praise or to exalt in commendation, to lift up. The word praise, I, I uh, ran, it, ran it through my electronic concordance and uh, found that in the book of Psalms, Praise is used 160 times, and it's used in 132 verses. Um, in, those, in those psalms and in those verses, it talks about praising God for specific things. I want you to follow with me, and because we're already in the book of Psalms, so you're only going to be turning a few pages. But go with me, and let's just take a look at some of the things that we are supposed to every day praise God for. And thank him for. Go to Psalm 7 to start with. We'll start in the low numbers and work our way up. Psalm 7, look down in verse 17. It says, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Uh, the Bible says that of us, there is an unrighteous, no, not one for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. But when it talks about God, he is pure and absolute righteous, righteousness. They, that just simply means he never does anything wrong. God is always right. And we ought to be thankful for a God that we serve that is righteous. Go to chapter 9 and verse 1. Chapter 9, verse 1 says, I will praise thee, O Lord, and my, with my whole heart I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I want to praise God because his works are marvelous. If, uh, if you look with me over in Psalm 150 and verse 2, it says, Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Uh, God does wonderful works, and not just in history and not just in Bible stories that we find, but he does wonderful acts and he does wonderful works for you and for me. And we need to recognize those marvelous works and praise him for it. Another thing we need to praise God for, 
go to, to uh, Psalm 21. In verse 13, Psalm 21, verse 13, Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength, so will we sing and praise thy power. Aren't you thankful this morning that you serve a powerful God? You, know, you serve a God who is not held captive by the coronavirus. Uh, you serve a God who, uh, who, who has power over all things, and the reason why is because... He, he created all things. So we ought to praise God for his power. Uh, sometimes we feel powerless. Uh, you know, uh, Paul, in fact, I was just reading this this morning. Paul said, when I am weak, then am I strong. Well, he said that because when, he was, when he's weak, that's when he, when he trusted in and relied upon the grace of God in his life. And God is always strong and God is always powerful. So he said, when, it, when I'm weak, then I trust in God, and God is always strong on my behalf. Go to Psalm 42. Psalm 42. In Psalm 42, look in verse 5. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Have you ever been like that? <laughs> Have you ever been cast down? Have you ever been disquieted on the inside? Well, uh, the answer to that is to hope in God. Why? Uh, because we can get help from his countenance. Now, when, when God uses the word countenance here in the scripture... He's talking about not just his face, although his, his face is what, what shows this, but it's speaking about approval. It's talking about favor. It's talking about the kindness of God. And uh, the Bible says of, of everyone who is saved that we are accepted in the beloved. Uh, if you're saved, you have a heavenly father who cares for you. If you're saved, you have a heavenly father who watches over you. He doesn't just care for you from a distance. He watches over us every single moment of every single day. And it's just it's good to know that his countenance, his favor, his approval, if you're saved, if you trust in Christ as Savior, if your sins are all forgiven, uh, is, is, is upon you on a, on a daily basis. You need to praise God for that. Go to Psalm 54. Psalm 54, verse 6. Psalm 54, verse 6. It says, I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. Uh, his name is good. And there are all, all kinds of ways that God denotes himself in Scripture. He's called Jehovah. He's called I Am. He's, he's uh, called uh, the bread of life. He's called the door. He's called the way, the truth, the life. And on and on you can go with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. Uh, there are, there's just name after name after name that is given of God. We need to praise him for his name because all of those names that we find in Scripture that talk about our, our God and our Savior Every one of them denotes a way that he ministers and it can be a blessing to us. So we need to praise him for his name. Psalm 56, look down in verse 6. 
says they gather themselves together. Uh, it can't be right. Uh, let's see, Psalm 56, verse 4, excuse me. Psalm 56, verse 4. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. And then look with me down in verse 10, the same chapter. It says, in God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. The Bible says that we ought to, on a regular basis, just praise God for the word that he has given to us. You know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. In the Old Testament, of course, uh, they did not have the completed word of God. And the truth of the matter is those that we read about in the New Testament did not have the completed New Testament either. They had the Old Testament. They did not have the New. And you think about people like Job and like Noah, uh, who had absolutely nothing written down for them unless they heard the voice of God and they wrote it down themselves. Uh, they, had, they really had nothing. And, and yet they lived for God. In fact, the Bible says about Noah, says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, and and he, he labored for year after year after year building that ark uh, with pressure from the outside, with mockery, uh, with, with lack of, a, of acceptance from society and the community. And yet he stayed steadfast. Um, but he did not have his word. You know, I, I was thinking about that, that with this, in relation to this coronavirus, and, and the, these are strange times. I mean, really, uh, it's, it's strange to me to be standing up here just preaching, really, to, a, to really less people here than what we have watching on live stream. There's more people watching live stream this morning than there are sitting out here. And that's strange for me. That really is. But uh, during these times, we have the word of God. You ought to praise God for that. You can, you can listen. <clears throat> when Noah got the word of God, he had to wait for it. And when God gave it to him, then he'd listen to it and then it would stop. One of the things that Job was concerned about was that God did not speak to him at all during his trial and during his difficulty. Uh, it wasn't until the very end where, where God answered finally answered Job. And that's, that's why Job said, I esteem his words more than my necessary food. Why? Because he hadn't heard from him. That never has to be the case for you and I. We can open up our Bible every day and let God speak to us. And we should open up our Bible every day, not just during these times. But praise the Lord that we have the word of God today. And another thing, Psalm 63 Look at Psalm 63, down in verse 3. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. We need to praise God for his loving kindness. You have a God who is loving, and you have a God who is kind. There are many religions out, 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 out in the world today that, uh, that teach a religion of, of hate and teach a religion of fear without love. Now, there is a fear of God and a fear of God that we ought to have. But I'm thankful that I have a God who is loving and is kind to me. And he's loving and kind on a daily basis. We ought, we ought to praise him for that. And then, then uh, uh, look with me in Psalm 107. Psalm 107. 
and look in verse 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Uh, God shows goodness to you and I. He shows goodness to us on a daily basis. You know, our problem is sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves and we get so caught up in our own misery sometimes. We get so caught up in our own griping and our own complaining mentality that we fail to be able to recognize the goodness of God. But God is good. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is uh, uh, I haven't gone without food throughout this whole time. That's pretty obvious, I think. And it looks like the rest of you didn't either. Uh, has, hasn't gone without food. God's taking care of us. You, you know, you say, well, this is an awkward time. Yeah, it is awkward. But, you know, uh, it's during those times of, of a want and when things, are, when things change, you just see God's steady hand. And you see God's, God's uh, uh, provision. <clears throat> I was thinking about it this morning. Uh, there was a, a time in, and I, just reminding myself of it, there was a time in, in, uh, in our family's life where for uh, about seven months, we, we did not receive any kind of a, a regular paycheck uh, from the church that I was in. And yet God took care of us. And took care of us in miraculous ways. There are things that happened during that time that we never had happened before that happened. We never ha have had it happen since it happened. But it happened during that time. Let me tell you why. Because i got a God who's good. <laughs> and he shows his goodness to us. And, and, and he'll show his goodness to you too. In fact, he's already done it. We just need to recognize it. Then the last one, Psalm 139. Psalm 139, and Psalm 139, look in verse 14. Psalm 139, verse 14. It says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. It says, I, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We, we ought to praise God for that. We often, we often quote that, and rightfully so. Uh, that passage as an anti-abortion uh, passage, and it is. But, but understand this also, that means that God specifically and with detail made you exactly the way you are. Regardless of where you are in life, whether you're young, whether you're old, or whether you're somewhere in between, God made you with the physical attributes, and he made you with the mental attributes, and he made you with the skills and the natural abilities that you have uh, just exactly the way that you are. Uh, be careful about complaining about your skin complexion, about your thinning hair, and about your, you know, achy joints and all this kind of stuff. Because the truth of the matter is, is that it's all part of God's design. And, and those various stages occur in our lives just so we can trust him. You know, uh, especially as, as you get older, you have a tendency to say, oh, why, why do I feel so lousy this morning? Because you're old, that's why. You're just flat old, okay? And, and you're wearing out. You know, what you, you know what you need to do? You need, number one, be thankful for a God who never wears out. You know, our God never wears out. 
And uh, uh, yeah, we do, but he doesn't. And that just means we need to, we need to trust him more. So we, we, we need to praise him. We need to praise him every day. Praise him for his righteousness, his marvelous works, his power, the, the help of his countenance, his name, his word, his loving kindness, his goodness for the way he made me. Uh, praising God, what it does is it focuses on the solutions in life rather than focusing on the problem. And again, we're in the middle of a thing that you can't turn on the television set. You can't, you can't really even go to a, a website on the computer hardly without seeing something about what's going on in our country. And so the problem is constantly before our face. Let me tell you something. You need to constantly... Put before you the praise and honor and glory of God. You need to praise God because praise focuses on the solution, not on the problem. A life of praise chases away worry, chases away fear, chases away anxiety. Uh, it's so important for us to have every day a life of praise. Now look with me down in verses 3 through 7, Psalm 145. Verse 3 it says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and all of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of the great goodness, of thy great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. This, this tells us that not only should we praise God every day, but we should praise him to all generations. Um, he, is, he is great, and he, he deserves praise. There's, there's no limit to his greatness. Have, have you ever said this? Have you ever found yourself saying things like, maybe not word for word, but something like this? I, I trust God, but have you ever said something like, well, I believe there is none greater than God, but can I tell you something? Can I make a confession this morning? When it, whenever I have, have said those things, it reveals a lack in me of faith and of trust and of dependence Upon my God, I have a God who is mighty on my behalf. And if you're saved here this morning, you know for sure that your sins are forgiven. You, and God is your Father. You have a God who is there for you. In fact, in the book of Psalms, it just came to my mind, I can't tell you exactly where it is right now, but it says, God is for me. <laughs> He's for me. Why? Because I'm his child. And if you're his child this morning, he is for you. Uh, down in verses 4 and 5, it says, One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty, and of thy wondrous works. Um, we, need to, we need to be telling other generations about how good of a God we serve. And you know, I believe that that, that thing uh, goes both ways. Uh, we ought to be telling others, uh, other generations, uh, what God has done for us. Not just what God has done in history, and not what the Bible says that God has done in the past, 
But what has God done for you? What, how has God showed himself strong on your behalf? And then once, he, once you recognize that, go tell other people and tell other generations. Uh, we need to, uh, you know, uh, we encourage the generation before us with, with, uh, with our praises. Uh, those of us that have, that have a generation before us, some of us are at the top of the pile. But uh, uh, I'll give you an example in this church. One of, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite things in our church, two, two favorite things. One is, is uh, Thanksgiving, uh, the, the night before Thanksgiving, well, it's usually not the night before. It's usually two nights before. But our Thanksgiving praise service. I love that time. And it's because I not only hear our adults tell about what they're thankful for, but I hear the kids. The second thing I, I love is I love it when we have testimonies around here. And again, one of the things I, I'm so encouraged by is when children raise their hand and I, and I never ignore a hand of a child. And uh, that child stands up and they say, usually what they, they don't say the Lord did this or the Lord do, did that. Usually around here, what I notice the, the standard operating procedure is, is I thank the Lord for. But you know what? You can see it in their eyes, man. They mean it. It really means something. What a, you know what? Usually, when, whenever I've read that before about from generation to generation, I've always thought of the generations ahead praising God and being a blessing to the generations below them. But can I tell you something? The generations below praising God can be a tremendous encouragement to the generations above. Because you see, God's doing something in their lives, and they're the ones that we're handing the baton to. You know, I, I appreciate I appreciate the older saints in our church, and I do. I, and now I've joined their club. You know, I'm part of them. Uh, when, when I first got here, I was not, but I am now. And, uh, and, 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 and I don't mean this in any way to belittle them because I know that they were the ones that helped build the foundation for this church. But one of the things that just absolutely thrills my soul is when I see younger men and younger women stepping up to the plate taking their families out on visitation, spending time with family devotions. Uh, see, they, see a, they see a need in the church. Sometimes they ask. Sometimes they just meet the need. What a blessing that is to see that. And, and uh, then you hear them praising God for this. You hear them praising God for that. Uh, when, 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 the, when the older generation sees the younger generation praising God, and sometimes praising God a lot more than what we do. Boy, that's not a discouragement to me. That's an encouragement. And then the obvious is the older ones telling the younger ones and, and uh, uh, praising the Lord to, to them and letting them know what God has done. Uh, some things that we need to do. Look down at verse 6 and 7. And men shall speak of the, of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. When the older generation tells the younger generation, we need to tell them of the, the might of God's terrible acts. Now, I don't believe that's talking about count your blessings, name them one by one. 
The terrible acts are acts of judgment. The terrible acts are acts of chastisement. Now, again, and again, this may sound a little strange, but we ought to praise God that God brings judgment down. Ooh, got awful quiet. Uh, we ought to praise God for that. Because what that means is, if we as a nation are doing wrong, God's trying to get our attention and turn us aright. Now, if, if the nation doesn't listen, that's another thing. But, but we ought to praise God that we got a God who cares enough to bring down the judgment instead of just letting us fall right off the cliff. We ought, if, you're, if you're saved, you know, the Bible says, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. Why? Because that just shows you he loves you. That just shows you he cares about you. That just shows that he's, he's involved integrally in your daily life. He's not some God that's standing afar off and watching, you know, watching what's going on. He's actually involved in our lives. And we ought, to, we ought to thank God for him. We ought to praise him for his terrible acts. We ought to praise him for his greatness. And again, tell young people, tell, tell the generation below, the generations below you, some, uh, what, what wonderful things that God has done for you. Uh, his great goodness. God is good. How? How specific, you know, we say that all the time around here. Well, amen, the Lord is good. All right, how is he good? What do you recognize that he has done good for you recently? Uh, and remember the, the good things that, that he has done. You know, it talks about there in verse uh, 7, they shall uh, abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness. Not just what he's doing right now, but what he's done in the past. And if you've been saved for very long at all, you can look at time after time after time where God has shown his goodness. That's easy to get discouraged. And so because of that, we need to, we need to think on, on God's goodness and what he's done. Why? Because we forget. <laughs> and we forget quickly. Take your Bibles and turn to, uh, well, you probably don't even have to turn. Psalm 143. And look down at verse 5. It says, I remember the days of old. I meditate... On all thy works, I muse on the work of thy hands. Now, normally when we think of meditation, we think of the word of God. And the Bible talks about meditating on the word of God day and night. But here he says, the psalmist says that I, in fact, it was David. He said, uh, he says, I, I meditate on thy works. I meditate on the work of thy hands. And uh, we need to, to, to see how God has worked in our life and how God has, has, has uh, guided and directed us and praise him for that. Um, there have been many times in my life, and I'm sure that there have been times like this in yours as well, <clears throat> when, when I was right in the middle of, of what was going on, I had no idea what God was doing. In fact, I'll be honest with you, I'll just confess. There were times I thought, God, are you asleep at the switch? God, did you make a mistake? And I know better than that. I know he, he's never asleep at the switch, and I know he, he makes no mistakes. But that, that's, your, that's your thoughts. That's what you're thinking. You know, when we complain, that's what we're saying. We're saying, God, you didn't know what you're doing. That's what, that's what Israel said when they were up against the Red Sea. You brought us out here to kill us. No, 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 no. That wasn't it at all. 
But it's because we only got part of the story. And when we're several years past that thing, we look back and we say, oh, <laughs> oh now I see. And uh, uh, there, have been, there have been all kinds of things that we have in our family have looked back on and said, uh, you know, at the time I didn't understand why God did this, but he did this because of that. And I didn't understand why God allowed this to happen in our lives, but he allowed this to happen so he could, he could do this. Uh, you know, God's plans and God's workings and God's thinking is absolutely flawless. And we need to meditate on those things. We need to meditate on the things that he has done for us in the past. And then you look down in verse, um, oh, let's see. Verse 7 says, They shall abundantly utter the, the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. You know, one of the ways that you can praise God is by singing of the fact that you've got a righteous God. Singing about the wonders of your God. And not just in church. You know, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm glad we've got a singing church. You know, you go into some churches. I went into a church here not too long ago. And uh, it, was, it was for a funeral service. And uh, we started to sing, and I felt like I was singing with a very, 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 singing a solo with a very, very, very weak backup group. Uh, and I had people come up to me afterwards and say, you know, I really appreciate the fact somebody comes to church and sings. That's the way, that's the way I always sing. I, you know, what can I say? I got a big mouth. But... Uh, uh, we ought to not just do that in church. We ought to do that in our homes. We ought to be singing, uh, singing to ourselves psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Uh, you, ought to, you ought to be, honestly, uh, this last week, I was walking through the post office, and I was singing, and for a second, I got self-conscious. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be quite frank, I did. <laughs> and I thought, you know what, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I want them to know that I got somebody to sing about. And you know, whenever I, when, whenever every song that's in our songbook, every single one of these songs, at one point or another, focuses on one person. <laughs> it focuses on the Lord Jesus Christ. It focuses on God. It focuses on His power. And when you, when you sing, it's a tremendous praise and it's a tremendous opportunity for other folks to see what Jesus Christ means to you. Look with me back at, at uh, chapter 145 and look in verses 8 through 13 with me. Verse 8 says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His ten tender mercies are over all His works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. What a praise him for who and for what he is according to these verses, and particularly verses 8 and 9, it says that God is gracious. That just simply means he's favorable, he's kind, he's forgiving. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 17 says, Thou art a God ready to pardon. That means that he just can't wait to forgive you. 
He just can't wait to help you make things right. Uh, it says, Thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. Uh, he's unbending in truth, but he's kind. He's firm on standards, and he's firm on holiness, but he's, he's merciful, and, he's, and he's, he's slow to anger. That's a blessing. That, that's something to praise God for. Um, also in verse 8, it says he's full of compassion. That means he cares about what you're going through. He cares about what you're concerned about. He's, he's, your concerns are his concerns. And, uh, and he cares for you. Verse 8 also says he's slow to anger. Uh, Book of Nahum, chapter 1 and verse 3 says, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. That's kind of a strange verse because on one hand he says he's slow to anger and on the other hand he says he will not at all acquit the wicked. In other words, he's not going to let sin slide. But aren't you glad he's slow to anger? Aren't you glad he's not quick with a backhand? Aren't you glad that he gives you time to repent? You know, one of the, one of the things I thought about was, was uh, David with his act of adultery with Bathsheba and then, then really uh, uh, putting together the, the plan for uh, her husband to be killed because she became pregnant. And... Uh, you look at that thing, and it was, a, it was nine months for sure, and probably more than that, probably close to a year before God confronted him. Now, that's not because God was slack. God came to Nathan and said, listen, you need to go see David about his sin. It wasn't because he was slack. It was because God is slow to anger. You know what that was? That, let's just say it was 12 months. That was 12 months that God gave David to repent. Wow. Wow, he didn't have to do that. He could have slapped him across the side of the head the, the day after. In fact, he could have done it the day, the day of, but he didn't. He's, he's slow to anger. We need to be thankful for that. Go to, go to Psalm 50. Keep your finger on 145, but go to 50. And look in verse, um, look in verse 15. It says, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. But unto the wicked, God saith, what hast thou to do to declare my statutes, or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth? Seeing thou hatest instruction, and castest my burdens, excuse me, castest my words behind thee, when thou sawest the thief, then thou consentest with him, and hast been partaker with adulterers. Thou givest thy, thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such an one as thyself, but I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this. Ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, there be none to deliver. Uh, you know, I, I, every time I read that, I, I get chills. Uh, 
I, I, you know, the fear of God just gets renewed in my own heart. Um, understand that just because he's silent on an issue doesn't mean that he is giving com- commendation to what you're doing or that you're getting away with something. No, what he's doing is he's giving you a space to repent because he's slow to anger. We ought to praise God that we have a God that is slow to anger. Uh, also in verse 8 says he's of great mercy. Mercy is just simply withholding from us what we deserve for our sin. Uh, go with me to Psalm 103. Look at Psalm 103 and verse 10. Psalm 103 verse 10. He shall not deal with us after our sins. You know what that means? You, don't, you never get fully what you deserve. <laughs> you really don't. He will not deal with us after our sins, nor rewardeth us according to our iniquities. I got a merciful God. I got a good God that I serve. Uh, He is He's of great mercy. And then down in verse nine of of one forty five, it says says that He's good to all. He's good to all. Matthew chapter five and verse forty five, Jesus said this: For He maketh His sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. He's, he's, he's good to all mankind. Uh, and because of his goodness, we ought to praise him. Down in verses uh, 10 through 13, in verse 10, it says, All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy, thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. You know, as, as I was reading through that, I asked myself the question, you know, d- does my life tell others that it's worthwhile to serve God? Because he says, my kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. If you're saved, you're going to spend eternity with him. You're not going to get what you deserve, which is to spend eternity in hell and eventually the lake of fire. Uh, we deserve that. But we're not going to get it. But the Bible says we're going to spend all eternity with him. You know, that makes living for God worthwhile because of what he's done for us, because of the fact that he saved us. Do, do, do your words and do you, does your life Tell others that it's it's worthwhile to serve your God. And that's really what praise is all about. Uh, go to the book of Acts. Go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 21. And in Acts 21, look down in verses 10 through 13. Acts 21 and verse 10 speaking about the, the Apostle Paul. It says, And as we tarried there many days, they came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his, his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? 
For I, I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. You know what he's saying? He's saying, hey, all this suffering's worth it. I don't think he said that with a frown on his face. You know, you, you, read, uh, you, know, you read all the way through the Pauline epistles, and, and even no matter what book it is, you can see the joy of the Lord just kind of popping out of the pages. Uh, Apostle Paul, I believe, and one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to, to meeting him someday, I think he's probably one of the joy, most joyous Christians that ever lived. I mean, if you, if you think about it, uh, he was the one who, who was used humanly to, to write the book of Philippians. Philippians is a prison epi epistle. Uh, his surroundings gave him nothing to be joyful about. But his God gave him joy. And he talks about joy and peace in that epistle. Why? Well, because, because he was praising God with a full heart. And, uh, and he was thankful. And other people saw the difference. You know, other people saw that, that he was not the normal person. Uh, you know, during this, during this time of the coronavirus uh, epidemic going on, uh, people ought to see a difference in you. Here's, here's what concerns me. I think in a lot of cases, saved people are acting no different than the lost people are. And, and can I tell you one of the reasons why I think that is? Because we've stopped praising God. Man, we need to be praising God. And again, I'm not talking about in public. I'm not even talking about uh, j just in church or just in your... I mean... It ought to be a part of your life throughout the day. You get in a car and you start, you start going down the road. You ought to think of something to praise God for. And just thank God for how, how good and how wonderful he's been to you. Go back with me to Psalm 140, 145 and look down in verses uh, 14 through 16. Verse 14 says, The Lord upholdeth all that fall. And raiseth up all those that he, that he bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. We ought to praise him because he meets our needs all the time. He meets our needs all the time. The, that, the, those verses say that when you fall down, he holds you up. Uh, he lifts you up when you're humbled and when you're hurting. Uh, he feeds us. He cares for us. He provides for us. He's not passive. You know, and again, I, this is one of the things, the older I get and, and the more I learn about my God, the more I appreciate the fact that my God responds to me personally. He won't respond to me in every way like he does to Gary Smith. He won't respond to me in every way like he does my wife. Why? Because she's a different individual than I am. I'm a different individual than Gary is. Uh, so, so I have different needs. Gary has different needs. And God is personal with us. Man, we ought to praise God for that. But you know what we do instead? Sometimes we say, well, I ain't getting what so-and-so got. How come God was good to them and wasn't good to me? How come God gave them a promotion and I didn't get a promotion? How come? Because you're different. Boy, are you different, you know? But uh, some are more different than others. But, uh, uh, but, but uh, because you're an individual, evidently 
your God didn't think you needed that thing right now. And the Bible says he'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so, so uh, uh, you know, we ought, to, we ought to praise the Lord that, that uh, uh, he gets personally involved in our lives and praise him for what he gives us day by day. And last of all, 17 down through 21. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. And that's so important. Verse 19, he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also, he also will, will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the, the, the wicked will he destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. In verse 17, says we can come, come to him confidently because he's righteous and because he's holy. Immediately I thought of the verse that's in 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, uh, the reason why we can come to God in confidence is because of his character because of who he is. And then in verses 18 through 21, he says, we need to call upon him. But there's three, three specific designations of how we're supposed to call upon him. First of all, in truth. In truth. Uh, if, if, if you call on him in, in sin, the Bible says, our sins and our iniquities have separated us from our God. Uh, we need to call upon him in truth. Um, again, a verse that immediately came to my mind was, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know what? There's not a, there's not a person in, in history that, that uh, hasn't come to God since the cross and said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know that uh, because of my sins, I deserve to die and go to hell. I'm turning from my sins. I'm repentant, and I'm trusting Jesus Christ. Not my baptism, not my good works, not my church, not my giving, not my being a good son, not my being a good daughter, not my being a good husband, not my being a good wife. Nothing that I did, everything you did, I'm trusting your death, your burial, and resurrection. Lord, give me eternal life. Now, all those things I, 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 I stated unto you, all those things are true. You call on God with that truth. He'll save everyone. <laughs> He'll save everyone. When, when I got saved, uh, the pastor led me to Christ. Gave me, uh, I believe it was a God's simple plan of salvation tract, if I'm not mistaken. And it, it, honestly, they're some of the ugliest tracts in the whole wide world. I think they've, they've gussied them up a little bit, but they were, they were gray and pink. They were gray and pink tracks. And, uh, but there was a little space at the top. And I remember what he wrote on there. He said, saved. February 20th, 1969. 1 o'clock in the morning. 1 a.m. And then he put Romans 10.13. Romans 10.13 was the promise that I claim. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I called on him that night, and he saved me. And by the way, every person who has called upon God in truth for salvation 
has has entrusted Christ as Savior, has gotten saved. There's not been a misfire in a bunch. And uh, uh, the truth is, even after you're saved, you call upon him in truth, and he will answer you. Not only in truth, but in verse 19, talks about calling on him in fear. In other words, you don't be flippant with God. Understand who you're talking to. You're talking to the God of the universe. You're talking about the creator of all things. But he fulfills desires, it says in that verse. He has a desire to fulfill your desire. And then last of all, it says we ought to call on him in love. And, and uh, uh, he preserves and he protects those that are his and those that call upon him. The, the conclusion of the whole matter, I believe, is, is down in verse 21. It says, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. And let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Is that your prayer? Is that your determination? Is that your goal? Is every day that your mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. Uh, take, take your Bibles and, and turn with me just for one last verse. Go to Psalm 40. In Psalm 40, look down at verse 3. Psalm chapter 40, down in verse 3, says, And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. It says that, that, God, that as I praise God, there's many that will see it. There's many that will fear and that there are others who will trust him. That's what they need to see. They need to see saved people who have something to praise God about. So, what should we do? We ought to praise him every day. We ought to praise him to every generation. We ought to praise him for who he is and what he is to us personally. We need to praise him for meeting our needs and we need to praise him for hearing our prayers. Because every time we call upon him in truth, he listens and he delivers. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I praise you that you are a God worthy of praise. Uh, Lord, uh, oftentimes as human beings, we get accolades and we get praises from others. And honestly, most of the time we get them most of what they say we don't even deserve. But there's never been a praise that I have given you that really, uh, that you didn't deserve. And, and oftentimes, because I'm just doing it with a, with a human, sinful, faulty mouth, I'm not giving you the praise that you really deserve. But Lord, as your people, we need to praise you. And, and other people need to be able to see that we have a God worth serving. We, we, we ought to be walking, talking billboards for Christianity. Walking, talking billboards for the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, God, that comes forth through our praise. Not just in church, not just in the four walls of our homes. But Lord, we need to praise you out in the world. We need to praise you in the workforce. 
We need to praise you with our lost relatives. We need to be praising you wherever we go and whatever we do. We pray, Father, that you would work in our hearts this morning. Maybe, maybe there's been some complaining. Maybe there's been some lack of appreciation for the God whom we serve. Lord, if that be the case, help us take care of that today. That's sin. That's just flat sin. And when, when I complain and when I gripe and when I bellyache, uh, Lord, uh, that's, that's, never, that's never the righteousness of God coming out in me. That's always sin. And Lord, uh, my family hears it, others hear it, and uh, they wonder if you're really a God worth serving because of my response and lack of praise. God, I pray that you'd work on our hearts this morning. And Lord, there might be someone within the sound of my voice this morning that if they were to die today, they don't know for sure that they die and go to, go to heaven. They don't know for sure right where they are that their sins are forgiven, all of them, past, present, and future. Lord, they need to come to you realizing that they are a sinner, realizing that because of their sins, they deserve to die and go to hell for all eternity. And they need to realize that you are a God that if you will, if they will just simply trust you and you alone, trust your death, your burial, your resurrection, realize that your death on the cross was all that's necessary for the forgiveness of all of their sin, and they cry out to you for mercy and repent, Lord, that you would save them. You always have, and you always will, because you're faithful. Work right now in each and every one of our hearts. And as you, as you do, if there's something we need to take care of, if there's some action, some commitment on our part, some, some repentance, Lord, help us to do that which would please and honor you for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.